Welcome back to another episode of Witch Bitch Show Podcast. If you are new here, welcome. I'm your host, Kristen. You can call me witch or you can call me bitch. It really doesn't matter. Just put some respect on that shit. Now, I do have a slight disclaimer, and this will help you decide whether you stay or whether you go. If you are easily offended or faint of heart, bitch, I'm not meant for you. I'm not your reader, your guide, your interpreter, your numerologist, your astrologer, your mentor, your medium, baby. I cannot help you with where you are at on your journey today. That doesn't mean it cannot change and it will not change. I'm okay with that. You have to be. All right, guys, 2024 is right around the corner, and I have the planner that you need to get through this next year. It is the Oraline Astrology Planner. I used it last year. I'm going to be using it this year. It is amazing. Not only is it amazing, they also have a digital one for all my digital planning girlies. There are monthly full moon and new moon ritual pages that are tear away. So you can burn them as part of your ritual as well. There's a complete introduction to human behavior and astrology. There's a seasonal wellness guide as well as reflective journal prompts for the season. And then there's monthly, there's monthly, there's monthly reflection prompts. Each season has its different color scheme and there's a wide range of colors to pick from. So make sure you head over to Oraline Shop. Again, Oraline Shop, A-U-R-A-L-I-G-N shop.com. And use the code WITCHBITCH to get 10% off of your planner. First things first, trigger warning. I am congested, so if nasally voices... That was my nose. <laughs> if nasally voices fuck you up, then this ain't for you. You gotta, you gotta skip this episode. But if you're with the shits, what's up, you guys? In the cup with my twin, we just vibing. <laughs> I was just telling um, those that are watching for the uncut episode that I taught my aunt that and now she says it so much and I say it so much because she was like, this is catchy. Uh, Welcome back, you guys, to another episode. I hope your guys' week last week was amazing or as amazing as mine was. Um, We're officially in spooka season. Um... Last week, I just, you guys know in my intro, I give you a recap about my week because I feel like I, I I know all about y'all's life and y'all don't know about my life. That's why in the intro, I be spilling the tea. I be telling you what's going on, what happened with my week. Um, last week was pussy popping. It was pussy popping on a handstand. 
Uh, I took a moment to do some self-reflecting. I took um, some time. I carved out some time to go back and like listen to like old episodes of my podcast, go back and watch old videos and just have so much gratitude and appreciation and gratitude for the person that I was then creating this safe space for y'all and me continuing to stay by my word and continuing to cultivate that safe space for you all and for us. So it was very, very eye-opening. And uh, I came to the realization that I'm still struggling when it comes to boundaries with myself and I was talking about this yesterday on one of my streams a little bit and I am still struggling with setting boundaries with myself not with anybody else like fuck that that ain't that ain't nothing but a word um but when it comes to myself and I also came to the realization that I do still self-sabotage low-key high-key let me stop saying low-key we have to call it what it is. We got to call it what it is, right? Um, I still self-sabotage myself when it comes to my boundaries, when it comes to my challenges. It's like I ice cream boomerang myself. What do I mean by that, right? Um, let me take some steps back. Rip it around. So... <laughs> Telling you how I got to this realization. You guys know that I've been working through um, the artist way with my family. Um, shout out to Saturnian Souls. Shout out to Art of Venti. Um, make sure you guys go follow them. They are the family of my choosing. That they are my covenant, right? Um, one of the many covenants that I have. And we're working through the workbook Artist Way and. Um, it came up this week and I was even vulnerable in my writing group or in our work group for this book. Um, I was even vulnerable with them and like saying and telling them this, like not that I have troubles or challenges being vulnerable with them, uh, but it was saying it out loud. It was putting vibrations to it. And when I say that I have challenges setting boundaries and self-sabotaging and I use them against each other, I found myself every week you have to go on an artist date. An artist date is when you take yourself out on a date or you do something nice for yourself that is only you. So it's basically like you're on a date with yourself. And I... I am remaining disciplined in working through this book, but I used other boundaries that I set to kind of like bumper car the boundaries that I'm setting with this workbook, with this ability to expand, right? To align with my most creative self. Uh, so I would... This is how I was self-sabotaging and I had to like put myself in check really, really, really fucking quick. And I'm glad I did because you can't be a bad bitch without any struggles, right? Uh, without go getting through the struggles, excuse me, because bad bitches don't have struggles. We get through them. <laughs> but I would 
all week I was pushing off my artist date and it's like it's fine like you know I'll just do two next week like if I don't do it this week I'll just do two next week because like you know it is a non-negotiable for me to get this work done it's non-negotiable for me to work um on this it's non-negotiable for me to do my morning routines my disciplines that I have like that's non-negotiable like this is an addition so like those have to be those have to be first and then we'll get to this well no bitch that's not the case that's literally what this book is getting us trying to get us out of the habit of I was self-sabotaging with other non-negotiables other disciplines that I had because I felt that what I'm working on which is myself when we're talking about this book wasn't as important as those other boundaries that I have set just because they were part of my routine or part of my non-negotiables where this artist state and working through this book should be in addition to the non-negotiables, should be in addition to the boundaries, should be in addition to the disciplines. So I was allowing the newness of the routine or not even the newness of the routine. I was putting other disciplines ahead of this one when in actuality they were all the same thing. So long story short, I came to that conclusion and I am doing better now. <laughs> but my artist date, we're not supposed to share them, but like we all shared ours last week in the group. But my artist date last week was so amazing uh, to the point where um, other folks in my group, my family was like, I really want, I'm going to do that next week. <laughs> So that was, it was fun. Like when I be telling y'all I'm healing, not healed. Like I, I'm, I said this to somebody this morning. Um, I'm your navigator, babe. You're driving this car. You're driving the boat. You just got to tell me where to go and I'll get you there. I'm healing, right? I'm not healed. Okay. Um, but being able to realize that I'm the one that makes the decisions of my day and I'm the one that decides what is priority. It's fundamental, right? Like that it's fundamental, but sometimes we forget that shit. So I had to remind myself really quick. Uh, Halloween is coming. This week, we're going to go down memory lane a little bit. We're going to do some Halloween housekeeping, I guess you could say. Um, we're going to talk about the tradition, some of the history of Halloween, and um, it, it's going to be good. So sit. Oh, wait a minute. Dun, dun, dun. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. You guys, so apparently we have a new segment for the month of October. I'm not even going to, we're just going to add it to the intro, okay? We've got a new segment for our submissions, for our scary stories. Um, I have not read this story yet. My assistant uh, was like, this one is going to be good. I don't think you should read it. I'm just going to add it to your OneNote so you can, you know, 
read it during the podcast so like I've, i haven't read this but my assistant had and she said it was really good she said it was scary she said it was the scariest out of all of them i think we got maybe five or six but she was like this one was scary she was like i had trouble <laughs> I had trouble like driving home after reading this because i was scared and i was like what the fuck um but she told me not to read it until i was recording so this is the first time that i'm reading it as well um keep sending your guys' submissions for spooky season um she titled it she just titled it scary story so i don't even necessarily know what it's about so let's and maybe next week i'll add like a music cut i'll see what she thinks that we should do uh, also guys like if you can get you an assistant like anybody that does like social media or content creates like i know that like it might not seem that necessary but like if you can afford like 50 or 60 dollars a week get you an assistant like it's the like it's the shit respectfully i love you i love everything you do but it's the shit that you don't want to do that you give to them and they do it and it's so it's great <laughs> it's like the best hundred bucks i spent right anyway 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 so she just titled it scary story um so ooh, let's get the spooky vibes on ooh, spooky Okay, so I, it looks like she just copied and pasted this email, so bear with me, you guys. I'm reading it straight from the email. It says, salutations, my queen of witch bitch tarot. Ooh, first off, I'm here for all Halloween spooky pumpkin spice pussy popping on a handstand antics. Yeah, I love this already. I don't know who wrote this. I love this already okay so it's called tail one um i feel like there was probably something else in there but she might have just taken it out because it literally went first off and then it said tail one so it is entitled it came from the closet ah! okay about eight years ago, I used to work for a large nonprofit organization, and one of the perks of working there was a full fitness room, i.e. too small to be called a full gym, but imagine a room with two of each type of cardio equipment plus, respect plus a respectable amount of weightlifting equipment. Okay, I can see it. I see it. And the best time to go was an hour before work. Um was an hour before work which started at 8 a.m this means that the most that the most work nights i would take myself to bed at least an hour before my husband so i could get up and get on the road by 6 a.m i know insanity it does <laughs> yeah <laughs> but at the time i was really hard into fitness okay she said this is an important side note <laughs> important side note i'm scared <laughs> important side note so i need to preface this story with i am no longer seeing things 
I am no longer seeing things. I am a very energy intuitive and visual empath, 100% indigo. I also gave birth to the most crystal open beacon of a child. Oh, congratulations. I truly feel like we attract the stuff. Energy sees energy, if that makes sense. It does. But this event care scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> okay. It is a normal evening. I head to bed an hour before your husband. So your husband's not heading to bed with you. I'm just setting the scene for those that are listening. And, you know, anyway. I lay on the right side of the bed to, I lay on the right side of the bed and to my direct right is a nightstand about eight inches away from the right wall, which consists of a sliding closet door and the doorway. I'm a firm believer the closet door that I'm a firm believer that closet doors remain closed when you're sleeping. I am too. I am too. I guess it comes from childhood, but more so at the time it was because I didn't want to look at my husband's side of the closet. Our definition for a closet's use was very, is very different. Um, Clothes on my side are hung up, while on his side, hangers often catch hypothermia due to the lack of the use of them, but to each their own. The bedroom door stayed closed constantly at the time. It was a barrier between our cats and bedroom shelves, which were covered with collectibles of very inter- various interest. It, it was a nightly routine to check that none snuck in behind me. This included a closet check because the e- because that was the easiest place for them to slink in, into and hide. <sighs> then closing the closet before I lay down. Okay, so you're in the room, you close the closet. I'm shaking, my boots are shaking. There's no cats in there. There's no pussies in there. Okay. I'm going to keep reading. That's when I heard it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, this is why I can't read scary stories. Because I'll be like, all right, I'm done. And I'll just close it. I'll be like, bye. <laughs> like, I will close my tablet right now. <laughs> and be like, bye. Next segment. That's when I heard it. The track of the closet door. But the sound was that of something trying to slowly and consistently catch the small gap between the door and the surrounding frame. My instant thought was I didn't check the closet thoroughly for our ninja cat was making his presence known. So I sit there smiling, my eyes affixated to the floor of the closet, waiting to see the shape of a paw emerge. The closet slides open a little, then a little more, but the white paw I was expecting is not there. The closet is still rattling. The opening motion has slowed and the closet is only a couple inches at most open. The rattling stops. 
I'm still affixed to the floor. But then a new sound begins. I realize two things in this moment. One, the sound is not coming from the bottom of the closet. And the sound I was hearing was fingernail-esque. I'm going to fuck my assistant up. (laughs) This is so good. I slowly scan the slightly ajar opening upwards until I am two thirds up the closet door. And then I see it. Oh my God. (laughs) Against the oak colored wood, four evenly spaced, dark, reflective, slender markings. I inhaled in quick, sharp. I inhaled quickly and as sharp and quiet as I could muster. Not quite enough, though. As this seemed to start the rattling motion of the sliding door, I laid silent in complete horror and disbelief as to what was happening. The door rattled open a few more inches before coming to a halt again, the reflective markings unmoving from their position. My heartbeat was surging in my eardrums. I wasn't blinking. I couldn't move. And I mean exactly that. I couldn't fucking move. Not the emojis. She said I couldn't fucking move. (laughs) It was as if all of me was glued into the current position. Girl, I got to drink some tea. The dark markings then extended outward and began to curl one by one around the outside of the door, revealing just behind each marking was an equally dark and reflective but textured finger. When the last upper digit curled around the door, all digits in unison began to grip the door. This is when the spell on my on me broke i felt my body release i screamed like bloody murder levitated off of the bed and full scooby-doo ran smoke trail behind me and all out of the room as i said i hadn't been in there long and my husband was still fully conscious on the couch he came running at my streak and met me halfway halfway at where the hallway meets the kitchen there's something 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 in the closet the first third of that statement started as a hysterical scream and with each passing word my tone reflected the disbelief of my words my husband is a winner we love we love a supportive hubby He didn't even blink, didn't flinch or laugh or mock. He nodded at me and told me he was going to check it out. I nodded back to confirm I understood. Of course, he found nothing. He brought me to the couch and let me explain everything. He told me I probably fell asleep and was dreaming. I checked my phone and found out that the entire event from me laying down to us sitting on the couch was 42 minutes. I asked him 
if he really thought I could have dozed off in 30 minutes-ish. And if I had fallen asleep, did he think I could have automatically hit the REM stage, R-E-M stage of sleep? He agreed it was unlikely for these things to happen. I asked him if the closet was ajarred when he walked in because I was questioning the situation. It was. I asked him to explain that. He was too, he was too stunned to speak. It's like I added that. <laughs> he had no answers. I had no answers, but I do know I am 100,000% sure I was not sleeper dreaming. I am also more than confident none of our cats were in the closet. I saged, ethically sourced, I promised, every area of my home right after, and I would only agree to sleeping in the room if my husband took the right side. While And while the bed remained in that orientation, I could only sleep on the left side of the bed. To this day, I have no idea what was in the closet. To this day, I wonder what would have happened if I didn't evacuate the room and what those long coal uh norserfoskesque fingers were attached to and i beg the universe that i never have the answer to those questions oh my god thank you thank you tonks this story came from tonks thank you thank you thank you oh my god scary 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 you guys, make sure you email me at kristen at witchbitchtarot.com. Maybe next week you will be featured on the spooky story of the week. This week, astrologically, there's a lot of shit going on. There is so much shit going on and they're things that we don't necessarily want to miss either like i would hate to say that these are make and break but like i also feel like low-key that is how dramatic i am so i'm gonna continue to say that these are make or break <laughs> i know that it's tuesday it's just yesterday i sounded like fucking terrible and i couldn't record um but venus enters virgo so as venus it started at the beginning of the week as venus moves into virgo uh, relationships may be characterized by practicality and actions or attentions to detail you could find yourself showing love and affection through acts of service and taking care of the small everyday things that matter in a relationship uh, we know that Venus is the planet of love and beauty and harmony, which is um, which moves through the zodiac sign of Virgo, which is going to, excuse me, going to give us that attention to detail, right? But we also know that Virgo is associated with that health and that wellness, that practicality. So with the Venus in Virgo, there's also going to be a heightened interest in self-care and taking care of one's physical well-being. So this could be a good time to make improvements to your daily routines, your habits. Um, if you want to switch up your self-care self -care routine, um, 
it's going to be a lot of service oriented love. Okay. A lot of service oriented love. There's going to be a lot of attention to detail. Um, communications and relationships can become more precise and focused on problem solving. So Virgo's analytical nature is going to help couples address issues and find practical solutions. When we're talking about the impact that it has on your birth chart, the effect of Venus entering Virgo depends on, um, again, where your Venus placement is or where your other Virgo placements are. So you need to look at where your Virgo placements are or even your Venus placement is. I just said the same sentence backwards. Like I said it. <laughs> I said, anyway, um, and this... <laughs> This Venus placement can help you how, um, when it comes to aligning with this transit. So if you are in a watery, if your Venus is in watery, um, territory, like I have a perfect example, my Venus is in Pisces. So Venus entering into Virgo, I need to be a little bit more practical and analytical of how I'm expressing my emotions with detail that's where it's going to help me out okay that's where it's going to help me out is when it comes to the emotions um the details and emotions okay do, 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 do. we then have venus once it has entered into virgo it's going to oppose uh saturn and pisces this opposition can bring a sense of tension between the desires for harmony and the need for structure so you can feel torn between your romantic ideas and the responsibilities or limitations imposed by external circumstances okay so being able to find a balance between those two energies is going to be key for you Pluto, 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 Pluto goes direct this week. So Pluto's direct motion, um, it signifies that time for that deep transformation and empowerment. Um, so any internal work or changes that you've been undergoing that you may have struggled with, or you may have seen it to be challenging, um, it's time to get back going. It's time to pour into it effortlessly. It's going to happen flawlessly. Um, you can now manifest more prominently, especially when we're talking about your external life. So this is going to be a time where we'll start seeing that profound personal growth. Um, not just that, but we also have uh, Mars entering into Virgo this week. When Mars, the planet of action and energy in Virgo, enters Virgo, excuse me, um, you can find yourself driven to tackle those tasks with precision and attention to detail. So with Pluto going direct, this is also going to further amplify the production or the productivity when we're talking about putting in that work from past things that we kind of let fall to the wayside. It's also important to remember that the perfectionist only sees the imperfections. Okay. We then have the moon in Virgo trining Uranus in Taurus. 
Um, this aspect can bring unexpected innovative ideas in a practical matter. It's a favorable time to think outside of the box, bitch. Okay. And finding creative solutions to everyday challenges. We then see Mercury and Libra concocts Jupiter and Taurus. This aspect is going to give you a sense of imbalance or the need of adjustment. Okay, so you might need to reconcile your ideas with practicality and be a little bit more resourceful, but be prepared to make some adjustments in your plans, especially when we're talking about your communication styles. So earlier in the week, we see that, you know, we have this energy, this go for the gusto, but then we're starting, we're going to start second guessing ourselves. Don't let, don't get fucked up by these transits. Okay. Um, Mars and Scorpio is then going to trine Saturn and Pisces. This trine offers a blend of energy and discipline. Okay. It's a favorable time for strategic, for strategy, excuse me, and determination, especially when it comes to your actions. You could find it easier to pursue long-term goals under this transit. Again, this transit is also adding to that energy of Pluto going direct and then Mars entering into Virgo. So if you were slacking and weren't taking yourself seriously or making excuses this week, I know that the beginning of the week is going to start a little bit rough, but this week is the week to do it. This week is the week to do it because not just, not just everything that we've already talked about, but we also have a solar eclipse in Libra. Potent, potent, potent. Okay. This one will impact your relationships and your partnerships, especially when we're talking about Libra, right? That Libra scale. So, it may bring new people into your life or prompt changes in existing relationships or communications when we're talking about that balance and harmony. Um, eclipses are known for their intense and transformative energy. A solar eclipse in Libra is going to emphasize um emphasize again those relationships, partnerships, balance, the duality. Um and it's also going to signify and amplify even further the new beginnings in our life that need to take place. When we're talking about having that relationship focus with this new moon, um, you could find a renewed focus on your relationships, both personal and professional. So it's time, um, it's time to pour into those new connections, um, it's also an excellent time to reflect on what the fuck is going on in your life and how you can bring more harmony to your relationships. It's not just about those around you. It's also about you. It is so important that we are setting intentions during this lunation. Again, this is one that you don't want to miss. So make sure that you are doing your new moon rituals, your new moon journaling, whatever the fucking case may be. If you are not in the server join the server. I'm going to put, I'm probably going to start early. I'll probably start on Wednesday or Thursday and put a whole bunch of uh, various things that we can do for this lunation. When we're talking about your birth chart, 
when we're talking about how do you operate this with your birth chart, um, look at your Libra placements, and then you also need to look at your sun placement. And then you also want to look at your moon and your Mercury. I won't go too much into that right now. Okay, well, I'll go a little bit into it. Obviously, you know why you're looking at your sun, moon, and Libra, because that is the transit that gives us the new moon, and then also it's a solar eclipse. Um, but Mercury also, especially when we're talking about um, any kind of lunation uh, or lunar transit, you need to see what the fuck is going on with Mercury, because Mercury can fuck your ass down. Okay. Um, embrace change during this solar eclipse. Okay. Um, so, 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 so important that during this lunation, you figure out what the fuck is going on with you. This is one of the only times, and let me say this, and please, 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 please hear me, hear me, hear me. This, this lunation, you need to figure out and make it more personal to you. This lunation, please check your fucking chart. What can you do to check your chart during this? I'm about to give you all some free game. Go to astroseek.com and they let you do chart symmetries. Look at the chart symmetry between the day of the, um, excuse me, of the new moon and your birthday. And it will give you the chart symmetry for that. This new moon, you want to make sure that you are working it to the best of your ability. I will even go as far as saying the videos that are posted or that you may see or whatever the case may be. Um, take those with the grain of salt, especially if we're talking about it in a collective sense. If they're like, you must do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and they give you the whole laundry list again and this, this. Okay, take it with a grain of salt. Like, am I even going to make some videos and some posts about that for the collective? Yes, but I'm also going to emphasize that during this lunation, you need to make sure that you are personalizing it for you in symmetry with your birth chart. Okay? There's too much good shit going on this week. Again, the beginning of the week is a little bit booty. But the end of the week, plus you have a handstand. So, this is why it's very important, especially with these other transits, that you see that symmetry. So, after that, uh, after we have that solar eclipse, we have Mercury and Libra that is going to oppose Chiron and Aries. This opposition is going to highlight communication challenges related to sensitive or healing topics uh, so be open to discuss and be open um be be open when it comes to being vulnerable or even talking about past wounds but make sure that you have compassion and empathy not just for yourself but also the ones that you're going to be having those conversations with okay we then have um, uh, the moon and Scorpio, which is going to oppose Mars and Scorpio. This opposition between the moon and Mars is going to intensify the emotions, excuse me, our emotions, and potentially lead us to conflict. So be mindful of how you react. Be mindful of how you're communicating. Um, because this energy can also be very constructive as well but it depends on how you're communicating and it depends on how you're addressing the emotions actions x y and z this week if i've never told you this 
This week, you need to check your fucking chart, bitch. Check your fucking chart, bitch. Okay, thanks. This week's crystal is Angel Aura Quartz. It is one of my favorite to work with, um, especially when I'm calling in and calling toward me, manifesting even. But it, I even like it when I'm doing like heavy healing, heavy, heavy like meditative work. And I'm saying that because um, it's great for your etheric. So it's going to give you that shield, right? Um, and you guys already know, make sure you head over to crystalpiscesstudios.com. Uh, the link will be in the description box below and, um, the crystal of the week will be there for you. Marley has some really great, 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 um, bracelets that are angel aura quartz that you guys can get your hands on. Um, so make sure you head over there. But as you know, we're going to read this straight from crystalcouncil.com. I am not sponsored by Crystal Council, but if y'all know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, let them know that I am lo- I will love that if I- they sponsor me. <laughs> so um, Angel Aura Quartz is also known as Auralite and is the name given to quartz that undergoes extreme heat and then coated with a special blend of metals such as platinum, gold, and silver. Um, this material, these materials, uh, create an iridescent glow like an angel or a court glow that angel court or quartz displays as well as enhancing its sheer power Okay, angel aura quartz is great for your etheric and great for your crown chakra. It, uh, it's good for meditation, past life recall, passion, PTSD, opportunities, new beginnings, motivation, uh, mental enhancement, past lives, uh, manifestation again, motivation, intuition, joy, interdimensional communication, intention, enhancement, inspiration, insight, inner vision. It goes on. I'm not reading all of them. I mainly chose this one because I think it's going to be really good for us to work with during the eclipse it's of the planets the moon and the sun this is you see what i'm putting down and then zodiac sign aries element wind and the colors are white metal white uh rainbow color and silver on the hardness scale it actually ranges from a five like a three to a five so it is on the softer side it is on the softer side. Angel Aura Quartz is an extremely high vibrational stone that energy can be felt to the touch, no matter how sensitive, no matter the sensitivity of the person. Uh, the magical mineral can provide enough energy to fill environments with endless rays of joy, happiness, and uplifting energy. Okay. Angel Aura Quartz is a perfect stone to help when one may feel (laughs) emotionally unstable or distressed. The energies of heightened intellect and pure serenity. This stone is here to provide the energies of the worst. What? 
the stone is here to provide these energies on the worst of days to get your emotional body in check oh okay the stone is here to provide these energies on the worst days to get your emotional body in check while clearing up the mind and the daily mental fog honestly here's the thing here's the thing um all of that is great all of that is good um uh, let me tell you a story fuck with the indoor quartz look look it up okay you can use it with rhodonite amazonite rose quartz pink halite rhodochrosite green opal it's great it it has that it, it's very pussy popping let me tell y'all a story we're gonna have story time i gotta blow my nose one second okay let me tell you a story <sighs> this one time you guys know I like mixing my crystals up. I hope. I, I wonder if you guys can hear that on the mic. And if you can, I'm sorry, but that was my nose. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear it or not. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's this one time that. I had my angel aura quartz in one hand. No, no, no. I'm like, I had my epido in one hand and I had my moldavite in the other hand and I had angel aura quartz on my head. When I fucking tell you, <laughs> when I tell you, <laughs> just thinking about it. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know what the fuck happened. But when I tell you, I felt like I was a superhero. I felt like I could literally explode through the ceiling. I felt like I was in another dimension. Like, it's like, it was like being super off the extracurriculars. Like, I can't explain it. I just... <laughs> Like, thinking about it has got me, like, giddy. It was great. It was great. I might try it again, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I might try it again. Um, it, it's intense. It's intense. Angel Aura Quartz, I feel like, is an amplifier on top of all of the other amplifiers. Not only does it have its own properties, but even when we're talking about pairing it, like, that bitch amplified the fuck out of whatever was triangulating. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, when Hocus Pocus, when they open the book and, you know, she was like, Boo! and then the, it opened up and it was showing the light at the top. That's how I felt like a beacon of light was coming out of my head. And I was literally just like, la, 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 la. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to record it. So y'all can see. That's all I have for Angel Records. <laughs> That's all I have with Angel Records. Like, I don't know. I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, thinking about it, I just feel so giddy. Like, thinking about it, I feel high. <laughs> like, I feel like I did an extracurricular. Like, it was amazing. I haven't done it since because it was very intense. I'm going to ask Marley. I'm going to ask Marley. I'm going to be like, girl, what? <laughs> tell me because marley be knowing marley be knowing she's got all of the knowledge all of the tea 
I don't know if I like made some like super grid or something with my forehead and my arm or if it was the position but I do know that Marley will will have the answers but even thinking about it I'm gonna try it again oh I'm gonna do it on the new moon that might be too much that might (laughs) bye Okay, we're going to do some housekeeping. You guys know that this month we're talking all spooky. So we're going to get into Halloween traditions and the history of Halloween. But first, let's talk about memory lane. (laughs) I fucking love Halloween. I cannot tell you how passionate I am about Halloween and all things spooky. Um, We're decorating my home this weekend for Halloween and I'm so prepared uh, because I love all the spooky shit. Um, I decorate normally like I would typically decorate like my whole apartment, like all of that. This is the first year that we are decorating for Halloween here at this house. Well, I'm at this house and like I'll put cobwebs, spider webs on the ceiling. Oh, it's going to be so spooky, spooky fun. <laughs> My, I love Halloween. Let, let me tell you something. Why I love Halloween. It, it's the one time of year that you can do and be anything, anybody. Dream as big as you want. Dress as big as you want. Um, and nobody can say shit to you. I remember growing up, my mom would always be like, she would not care. She would literally not care. She'd be like, what do you want to be for Halloween? And we would tell her and she'd be like, okay. She'd just make sure that we were the best whatever. You're going to be the best Andy from Toy Story. You're going to be the best cheerleader, the best football player. Like, you know, she'd be like, act that shit out. <laughs> um, I was thinking about how many times I was a witch for Halloween. Here's the thing. I went back and looked like at all of my like old pictures and like I even asked my mom. I was like, "Mom, like how many years was I a witch?" And she was like, "Bitch, every fucking year except for one year you wanted to be fucking Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. But then you went back to you were a witch again." She was like, "Literally almost every year you were a witch." She was like, it never failed. You never derived from it. We would always just use the same cloak. And if you grew out of it, we would get something else. We would get a new cloak. But like, that's why your witch costumes were always so elaborate. Because every year we would just buy more shit. Like when I tell you my broom, top tier. My witch's hat, top tier. My mom even got me like some little witchy shoot, top tier. Like when I say I was that bitch, I was that witch bitch then. I was that witch bitch then and then I was thinking about in my adult years I was always a witch except for this one year in college (sighs) this one year in college we were cats because it was part of the sorority or the dorm house so I was a fucking cat and then one year me and my friend pulled a Katie Herring and we were zombies 
when we went out because everybody was like oh yeah we're dressing scary so we were like bet so like i did some dope ass zombie makeup to the point where like people were like whoa did y'all get that shit done and i was like no i did that but that bitch lied to us long story short and we were like katie and me and girls walking into the halloween party and um that's those are the only time that's those are the only times i wasn't a witch (laughs) those are the only times that i wasn't a witch literally like when people ask me like even this shit people like what are you gonna be following i was like i'm gonna be a fucking witch duh they're like you're a witch every day and i'm like and at least on halloween nobody can say shit to me the fuck (laughs) but i've been like literally i was looking at like all of the old like i was even i told my mom i was like dory (laughs) dory like can you find old pictures of me and she was like since you could talk you were a witch she was like you were one year you were a cat um, not a cat. I was a pumpkin something when I was like one years old. When I was two, I was a witch. When I was three, I forgot. She sent me like, a, I think I was like Jasmine or something or Pocahontas. And then after that, I was a witch every year. Except for that one year, I wanted to be Dorothy. I remember that year because I cried the whole time. Those shoes hurt so bad, but I wanted them. I needed them. They were just like the Wizard of Oz. (sighs) Long story short, bitch, I love Halloween. Anyway, (laughs) let's talk about All Hallows Eve. Now, remember, y'all are listening to my podcast. I'm just giving the information how I found it. Do what you want with it. If you don't like how I put it together, then go find somebody else to listen to. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, so here's the brief history and origins of Halloween. Um, so we have the Saheim. I don't know if I say that right. Saheim and Celtic beliefs. So or Celtic, excuse me. So the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. <laughs> was a pivotal event okay celts celts uh, believe that on the night of october 31st the boundaries between the living and the dead were the thinnest this belief led to various practices and rituals during this time uh, they would light bonfires to ward off evil spirits and offer sacrifices to different celtic deities so then we have the roman influence when rome conquered celtic territories celtic territories excuse me they brought their customs and traditions with them the festival of furlalila which commemorated the passing of the dead and was one of the most influential additionally the roman goddess pomna i'm butchering these names babes associated with apples and fruit trees may have contributed to this tradition of bobbing for apples which is a popular halloween game we then have all saints day and all souls day in the eighth century 
Pope Gregory III established All Saints Day on November 1st and All Souls Day on November 2nd. These Christian holidays were attempt to were an attempt to Christianize the existing pagan traditions and celebrations, uh, giving people an opportunity to honor saints and pray for their souls of the deceased, even before All Saints Day became All Hallows Eve. So All Saints Day was actually All Hallows Eve, is actually All Hallows Eve, okay? We then have the medieval Halloween. During the medieval ages, Halloween evolved with um, more customs. Souling was a practice where the poor would go door to door offering to pray for souls of homeowners, departed loved ones in exchange for food. Um, this is the precursor to trick-or-treating. So we call it trick-or-treating. It was back in the day called souling. They were like, you know, cause like I got it. You need some extra prayers for your loved one. I'm going to give you my one prayer this year, but I can I have some bread. Can I have some bread? Um, In the 19th century, Irish and Scottish immigrants brought their Halloween traditions to North America. Over time, these traditions blended with those of other cultures, resulting in a distinctly American version of Halloween. Like, nobody else celebrates Halloween. Anyway. (sighs) Anyway. Um, in recent decades, Halloween has spread beyond North America. It's become a global celebration. A lot of folks do not know this. And I actually didn't know this until I was doing some investigative reporting in reference to Halloween this year. Not like nobody, like nobody fucking celebrates Halloween (laughs) except for, except for us. Like in North America, like that, like modern day Halloween is still very new to other cultures. Like some countries just started celebrating the Halloween that we know like a few years ago, like a decade ago. (laughs) Like it was like not everybody celebrates Halloween. Like, some people have been, like, some countries, some regions of the earth, like, two, three decades, max. Max, brother. (laughs) When we're talking about Halloween in modern culture, Halloween has definitely evolved into a global phenomenon with its significant impacts on pop culture, music, media, and commerce. (laughs) Commerce. commerce um one of my favorite things is halloween movies i've been watching one every day one every day (laughs) um i'm tired of seeing halloween freddy krueger jamie lee curtis all y'all why is that motherfucker not dead? Didn't he drown in the lake 89 times? Like, if they make another one of these, I'm gonna cry. It's not necessary. They make another Scream movie, I'm gonna cry. 
it's not necessary i think sometimes when we beat a dead horse we get like if we're beating a dead horse like stop being afraid that maggots are coming out like stop just stop it thank you for letting me go on my rant <laughs> like hang up the phone or block him <laughs> <laughs> like y'all bitches don't got caller ID like hang up or just fucking block him <laughs> um, but some classics that I think were done very well and there there was no need to remake them like Hocus Pocus iconic Nightmare Before Christmas iconic Practical Magic iconic which is iconic eve's bayou iconic <laughs> uh, the li- let me stop because the list can go on and on halloween town iconic <laughs> oh. we're talking about music like think about what song do you think about when you think about halloween me i think about thriller I think about Monster Mash. I remember when I was younger, I was terrified to watch the movie Thriller by Michael Jackson. Bitch. <laughs> Scared boots. <laughs> um, when we're talking about pop culture and media and literature, classic horror literature, I have recently, um, I have recently got into this author and it made me feel like I never knew what reading was. Like, I feel like after reading this author, like, everything else is just words on a page. But recently, I've been getting into H.P. Lovecraft. Ugh. Boots down. Um, sometimes like if I go too long without reading any HP Lovecraft I'm like I'm just reading words on a page like what is this what is this um Edgar Allan Poe I know all about that motherfucker I um spent my middle school years high school years in Maryland oh my god we had to talk about that hoe all the time especially around Halloween oh, there's fucking crows and shit anyway and then social media like we see it we obviously like social media is getting out of hand like bitches are already posting halloween outfits they're like 20 people for halloween that's you know go off go off go off go off go off go off (laughs) go off go off go off so now that we like kind of went into like you know we we went into you know the celebration brief history um even added my own two cents right um let's do some traditions and their origins just so we know again we're just doing some housekeeping we're keeping it fun in the month of october right like you bitch i gave you enough content for nine months for you to heal yourself we're not in october we're not doing that shit right now go back and listen to that i mean we should be doing it but i'm not going to talk about it I want to have fun. <laughs> so, um, we're talking about Halloween traditions and their origins. The tradition of carving pumpkins um, into jack o' lanterns is rooted in Irish folklore. Um, 
and the origins uh the tradition comes from the legend of stingy jack so i always knew um we always knew about stingy jack like when we would carve pumpkins at my grandma's house this might be telling y'all like my granny she was with the shits before it had a name before you know it was back on the mainstream webs but we would carve pumpkins with my granny or my mom. They would always be like, make sure it looks good for Stingy Jack. And I'm like, okay. We'd always be like, <gasps> <laughs> like we always knew about Stingy Jack. And I asked my friends about it and they were like, who the fuck is that nigga? <laughs> it's like, Never mind. I guess I will talk about it. So the practice of carving vegetables into lanterns, um, is a long history in Ireland dating back to the 18th century or maybe even possibly earlier. Um, however, the association of these lanterns um, with the name jack-o'-lantern comes from the Irish legend known as Stingy Jack. This legend goes as followed. I tried to like write it down to make it cute. Okay. Um... Stingy Jack was a clever but um, miserly man who played tricks on the devil, trapping him in a coin. Jack agreed to release the devil on conditions that he wouldn't claim Jack's soul when he died. I'm paraphrasing here because I don't I can't tell you the whole story. Eventually, Jack passed away, obviously, but because of his deceitful nature, um, he was denied entry to both heaven and hell. So he was left to he was left to roam the earth um, with only a burning coal inside of a hollowed turnip to light its to light his way. So people in Ireland begin to carve similar lanterns out of turnips or potatoes and place them in the window or the doorways to ward off Stingy Jack and other malevolent spirits on Halloween night. The idea was that the eerie light of the lantern would keep out evil energies at bay. So that's the story of Stingy Jack. Um, however, we do see in a lot of other traditions or a lot of other cultures, um, the symbol of jack-o'-lanterns, right? Like we would hear about stingy Jack, but like, I would also like my granny, my mom, we would also talk about this and I would, I was doing some investigative reporting. So it come to find out like now that like I'm looking at it and like, I'm having like this epiphanetic moment, I feel like growing up, like we were just like a melting pot of cultures of what, like my grandma was taught or what she learned or whatever the case may be. Um, hold on. Okay. We're back. <laughs> I know that I didn't go anywhere for you, but we had like a whole like 20 minute break. Um, we're back. But what I was saying was, um, you know, I, I think growing up because like my family was so inclusive and they, you know, they always sought out knowledge from other cultures that or, you know, consciously or subconsciously, like we were just exposed to everything and we had all of the tea. Um, that's basically what I was saying. 
so then when we're talking about the symbols of jack-o'-lanterns um, in various cultures, no specific order, I'm not going to tell you, you know, no specific order. Um, but a lot of times jack-o'-lanterns are seen to ward off evil spirits. And um, it, it's believed that they act as a protective talisman to help keep malevolent forces away from homes and community during the Halloween Halloween season. I don't know why people think that the demons is coming only on fucking Halloween. Anyway, guiding lost souls, right? We we see jack-o'-lanterns also help wandering souls um find their way to the spirit realm since the veil is thin. Um simply for the celebration of Halloween and trick-or-treating and costumes, a decoration. And um, we even see it evolving into just a creative tradition. When we're talking about the evolution of costumes, um, it, it started, if you guys didn't know this, um, it started, I believe, I didn't write it down and I should have my head asked, it started back, 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 back in the day when they used to have to wear like spiritual robes to protect them on Halloween from the spurts, right? Um, and it was rooted in disguising oneself from the malevolent spirits. So it's like, you know, if I look like you, they're going to think I'm them. So like, I, I want to y'all like, don't hurt me you know, the trickery. And that's also how we got trick or treat, right? Like do it anyway. Anyway, <laughs> the evolutions of costumes from, um, rituals to modern dress up for Halloween reflects on the fascinating journey of all. I have no idea why the fuck I wrote that. It literally made no sense. <laughs> Uh, the concept of wearing co um, costumes during Halloween, again, has its origins in ancient Celtic and European traditions. Halloween, originally known as Samhain, marked the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter. It was believed that, one, that on this night, the boundaries between the living and the dead were the thinnest, allowing spirits to roam the earth. People would dress in costumes made from animal hides and masks to disguise themselves from malevolent energies and spirits, making them blend in. The idea was to avoid recognition from wandering ghosts and spirits. As Christianity spread mm, across Europe and the church attempted to Christianize existing pagans, um, this is when um, the evening before All Hallows' Eve, right, or All Saints' Day, um, people would then dress as saints and angels and holy figures to celebrate the Christian quote-unquote holiday as they Christianized the pagan holiday. Early American Halloween costumes. Um, did y'all know that back in the day? Like costumes um costumes were mainly like 
of other cultures. Like you would dress up from another culture. Like ghosts, goblins, ghouls, witches, like it was never it was never that, right? And it wasn't until I was writing this and I was watching an old Halloween movie and I legit was like, yo, like people are dressing up as other cultures. Like you never dressed up as like a ghost or a witch or a skeleton. Like you would dress in another culture. So, you know, you would dress in a Native American or indigenous culture or um, in the Chinese culture or you, you would dress out of the culture that you were in. Lots of culture appropriation back then, okay? Lots and lots of it. Terrible, okay? But in the 20th century, um, Halloween costumes began to reflect and influence pop culture, including movies, televisions, and comics. Um, Iconic characters like Dracula, Frankenstein, the mummy, um, a witch. This is when Halloween started becoming more commercialized and began to lead to pre-made costumes, making it easier for people to adapt to different personas each holiday. Um, additionally, homemade costumes allowed for creativity and personal expression, giving a rise to the, bo- the broader range of costume area. Okay. You can be anything. People dress up as food now. People dress up as animals, movie villains, historical figure. Like now you dress up as anything. But back then... I was like, when I was reading that shit, I was like, what the fuck? This is why, you know, they walked so we could run. (laughs) They walked so we could run. (laughs) When I, I'm like, how the fuck did all the, okay. Um, I want to talk about different cultures during the Halloween tradition, like Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead, right? It's a Mexican tradition. Dia de los Muertos celebrated on October 31st to November 2nd, share some similarities to Halloween, but has distinct traditions. Um, it is vibrant, it is colorable, and it is, um, it's honoring, right? Um, families create ofrendas or altars, um, adorned with marigolds, candles, sugar skulls, favorite foods, and belongings of the deceased and their pictures. Um, they visit their grave site, hold parades, share stories, um, to remember and celebrate those that have passed on, um, the blending of indigenous Mexican tradition with Catholicism, Catholicism, excuse me, gives Dia de los Muertos a unique cultural flavor that differs from the spooky and the supernatural aspect of Halloween. One of my favorite Halloween movies, and it's actually on my one day of Halloween, 30 days of 31 days of Halloween list. I believe it's on like day, I think day 22 is when I watch it. But Coco, Coco is the Dias de los Muertos. Um, then we have Guy Fawkes Night, Bonfire Night. This is a, in the UK. It is celebrated on November 5th. 
and um, has historical and political roots. It commemorates the failed gunpowder plot in 1605 when a group of Catholics attempted to blow up the British Parliament and King James I. The holiday involves bonfires, firework displays, and burning of effigies known as guys, quote unquote, representing guys fox. People also wear masks and costumes during this celebration. Um, while it does have different historical context, this uh, the use of masks and fireworks during um, the night shares similarities to Halloween, and um, they often kind of merge the two together. Okay, in uh, South Korea, I cannot say this, and I'm I'm not going to try. I would love to try, but I would love to try if somebody was here to verbally correct me. Um, but it's C-H-U-S-E-O-K. Um, it's a Korean harvest festival that is celebrated um, the same time as Halloween. And it's a time for family to come together and pay their respects to their ancestors and give thanks for that year's harvest. Um, traditional activities include preparing special foods, visiting ancestral graves, playing folk games, and um, people wear traditional, it says the people wear traditional clothing during these festivals. Um, it is not directly related to Halloween, but it does have the same effects of Dias de los Muertos. And the spirit of family gatherings, expressing gratitude and celebrating those that have passed on. In Japan, we have the Oban, the Oban Festival. Um, it is a Japanese Buddhist holiday that honors deceased ancestors. Do we see the common denominator here, people? Do we see the common denominator here, people? People light lanterns and hang them outside of their homes to guide the spirits um, of the departed back to the living world. Where they do dances, they have festivals, they create yummy foods obvi so a lot of cultures we see in the culture variations um in the halloween tradition demonstrate a lot of the same things okay um we have ofrendas we have on dia de los muertos we have ofrendas we have our ancestor venerations our offerings our um and, and then in south and south korea we have our ancestor rituals our grave visits, and then we have the communal aspect of gathering the spirits. In Japan, the lantern lighting, ancestor memorial service. So each has their various traditions um, that highlight the uniqueness of how to honor and how they honor their ancestors all around the same time of the year. A coincidence? I think not. Uh, we're not going to talk about tarot this week. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. This is going to be quick. I know that we're already deep. We're balls deep. Ovaries deep. Them they deep. Okay. Pussy popping on this episode already. Um, don't act like you're not impressed. <laughs> we're not going to. I'm sorry. When my voice is like this, I, my laugh is so funny to me. And I just be laughing all over the damn keyboard. <laughs> 
Um, we're going to talk about Halloween and divination. Halloween has a rich history of superstitions and practices related to divination and fortune telling. Uh, this association is partly due to the belief that Halloween, with its very thin veil between the living and the spirit world, is an opportune time for seeking insight into the future or connecting with supernatural bobbing for apples i didn't even know that this was a halloween tradition until today well no yesterday two days ago whenever i was doing this i didn't even know like i'm from kansas bitch we would always bob for apples the sun came out bob for apples you tied your shoe bob for apples you crossed the street bob for apples you paid your bill bob for apples <laughs> like bitch I didn't even know it was a Halloween thing. Uh, Bobbing for Apples is a classic Halloween game and has uh, deep roots in divination. Participants obviously would try to bite the apple while it was floating in the water with their hands tied behind their backs. The first person to successfully bite the apple will be supposedly the first to marry, brought good fortune, or have a wish come true. They would, you would make a wish and then you'd bite that hoe. Um, scrying often a lot of people will scry during the hollows eve season and again that is just because the veil is so thin when we are scrying we are glimpsing into the ref uh into the future the past or whatever by looking into a reflective surface such as a mirror bowl water glass um, tarot reading, yes, there, we know that, you know, maybe I'll be a tarot reader for Halloween. <laughs> the gag is, um, ghost stories, telling ghost stories on ha Halloween night as a divinatory, has a divinatory aspect as it allows people to tap into their intuition and explore their fears and desires through storytelling. Some believe that listening to ghost stories on or around Halloween helps or and or offers glimpses into the spirit world. We know that Halloween is associated with witches and the supernatural. So some practitioners of modern witchcraft use Halloween as a time um to scam your ass so just be aware <laughs> just be aware um i also want to talk about some superstitions um i wanted to talk about the black cat um i did a lot of research um why everybody's so scared of a black cat and um I don't know when it started. I never, I never got a clear answer. Um, and it, it's still unknown. And I was looking for that shit for like an hour at least. And then I was like, fuck it. Uh, so I'm just going to give you what I got. <laughs> um, but, um, being that black, like having black hair like that was unnatural or was, um, something of the, of God. 
um, the universe, whatever the case may be. And that because the color of their eyes were so unnatural, they were deemed to be bad. The superstition where, um, you know, it's bad luck if a black cat crosses your path. I believed in that superstition until I didn't. I believed in that superstition um, all of my life until maybe about five, ten years, no, like five, seven years ago. Right. Hear me out. You know, do your own investigative reporting. I was going to tell you everything that I investigated reported about this, but I don't feel like it anymore. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um... Why is something that is so rare bad? A black cat is very, very rare. So what makes it bad? And not for anything like, how do you know that you didn't walk in that black cat's path? They're just out here living. I think it's just my opinion. And my opinion on black cats changed when, um, my friend, she had two black cats. Like her family loved black cats. They had two black cats. They had my friend, shout out, shout out to you. You know who you are. My friend's family. They had like seven or eight animals at a singular time. They had Ember, Brooklyn, Diesel, like eight animals at a time in their house cats and dogs eight cats and dogs and when I tell you that their house was like the cleaning smellest house cleaning smelling as house I've ever smelled when I tell you hair where there was never animal hair anywhere like I remember when my friend was like yeah I got we got eight cats and dogs and I was like bitch I ain't going to your house the fuck I was like you must use a lot of lint rollers and she's like no like, I was shooketh, but it is possible. Like, I didn't even know. Like, even when I went to her house, I was like, where are all these fucking animals at? And then she took, she went to the pantry and she got this box of treats and she shook them. And when I tell you there was animals coming from every fucking direction, they were coming from every direction. And, um, Idiot is one of the black cats. There was Idiot and Tuffy. An idiot was sitting on um, the top of the ledge the whole time and I didn't even see him. And she was like, where the heck is idiot? And she was like, look, she was like, oh, he's probably in a spot. And she like looked up and the whole time this little black cat was like sitting there just looking at me, waiting for me to shake it. He didn't even care. He's just chilling. And ever since then, I was like, I fuck with black cats heavy. He was there the whole time. I didn't even notice he was there. He could have stomped on my face. He could have stomped on my face. But um, that, that's when my ideas of black cats changed because my friend had black cats. Anyway. But also, um, when I see a black cat, I think that it's good luck. I think it's a sign from the universe. How often do you see a black cat? And how come it's rare? Again, how come it's rarity has to be bad? You're confusing me. How come it's rarity has to be bad? That's it. I know that wasn't much of a rant, but you know, we're already over an hour. 
Um, make sure you guys head over to witchbitchtarot.com so you can see everything that I have to offer. You guys know I couldn't do this without you and I wouldn't want to. As you know, hoes will be hoes. Bitches, 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 bitches will be bitches. But you never really know when it comes to witches. Excuse me, which bitch is which? And no, bitch, I don't sell owls, so stop fucking asking.